Are you a virtual assistant juggling all the things, you know, inquiries, contracts, payments? It can feel a little overwhelming at times trying to keep up with everything, right? Well, meet your new business BFF, insert HoneyBook. Think of HoneyBook as the upgrade your VA business didn't even know that it needed, taking you from beginner to polished and professional in no time. I've been using HoneyBook since day one of my business, and let me tell you, it's been a lifesaver for this busy mom. It's user-friendly, lets you automate workflows, and my favorite part is that it's completely customizable, so it'll look like it's native to your brand. I know what you're thinking. Do I really need a customer management platform? Well, spoiler alert, yes, you do. It's the secret ingredient that's given my VA business a 98% success rate of turning curious inquiries into solid bookings. Now, here's the deal. You can score an amazing 50% off right now if you use the link in the show notes. That's right. You heard that correctly. 50% off your entire subscription for any plan. And trust me when I say your business deserves the HoneyBook Upgrade. Welcome to the Millennial Mom Movement podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. For those of you guys who don't know Lauren, she is an amazing designer, but also the reason that she's on this podcast is because she slid into my DMs and I very rarely will like respond back to somebody that's like being a creeper, but Lauren had such an amazing pitch and I was like, I looked at her Instagram and I was like, you guys. She needs to come on the podcast. You guys need to hear from her. So I'm so excited for her to be on here and you guys to learn from her today. Have you ever felt like society isn't built for moms? Maybe you're a mama with a tiny voice in your head telling you there must be another way to balance it all. You know, working, momming, all the things. Yep, I had it too. And it likely means you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Amanda Rush, a Southern mama with big city sensibilities. I'm the girl that took a daydream and built a profitable virtual assistant business all in the middle of a global pandemic. Now, I work from home alongside some of the biggest bloggers and influencers while running a six-figure agency. Come along as we dive into business, marketing, strategy, and real life as a female entrepreneur. I'm all about simple, easy, actionable steps that get real results. This podcast is for the millennial mom that is ready to kick imposter syndrome and start making money on her own terms. Get ready as we dig in, do the work, and redefine what it means to be a working mom. This is the Millennial Mom Movement. Lauren, welcome. Tell us a little bit about you and who you are and how you got started. Thank you. I think I'm going to add successful creeper to my resume. Um, (laughs) So I actually got my professional and career start in university admissions. So I was working for a university admissions office doing marketing operations. I also oversaw our technical system. So in a prior part of my career, I thought that I would go on and become a director of admissions or you know, university vice president. But also on the side, I was teaching a course at the university 
which was essentially designed for non-designers. So it was a course that all lower level communications majors had to take where they learned the Adobe Creative Suite, how to you know, make a flyer if they're working for a PR agency or make a little, you know, commercial or if they're working in advertising or something like that. And so in January of 2020, so right before the pandemic, I kind of got to this place in my life where I felt like I had made a lot of decisions based on like the thing that you should do. And it got me to this place that I didn't really want to be. I knew that I needed like a really, really big change. And so I quit my job and I sold my house and I said, I'm going to go off and be a motivational speaker and travel, you know, to different university campuses and conferences and like motivate young adults and young professionals. And then of course, we all know what happened in March, 2020. And my plan was very quickly derailed. And so I kind of you know, went on a little bit of a soul searching journey to figure out like, why did I decide to do this thing? Like, what is it that I truly want? And what I got to the core of is I just want to help people. I want to empower people and I want to do something that I'm, I'm good at and I'm passionate about. And so in working with a career coach, I was like, you know, Hey, like I teach design to non-designers. Like that doesn't have to just be college students. Like that could be nine to fivers. That could be freelancers, virtual assistants, online business owners, like that's a a skill that a lot of people could really benefit from. So I launched my course, Create with Confidence last year. And then now I also do done for you branding and web design as well. So that's the quick and dirty of how I got where I am today. (laughs) Okay. I don't think I knew that story about... Well, I knew you worked in admissions, but I didn't realize that you would quit your job and you're like, I'm going to go travel the world. And then the world was like, actually, no, there's no traveling happening. That is wild. So did you have a moment where you were like, oh no, like, should I go back? What should I do? So I am actually really thankful for like the timing that it all occurred. So I think I closed like the closing for my house of, you know, like it actually being sold was February 20th, 2020. If it would have happened three weeks later, like I don't think that I would have had the part of my French, like the balls to go through with such a huge life decision. Like it almost all needed to happen at that time to kind of force me into this place of like, okay, like you made your bed. Now you need to lie in it sort of thing. And I ended up living with my parents for five months because it was, I mean, you know, like none of us knew how long it was really going to happen. When it first started, like at first it was like, oh, like we're just going to have to, you know, spend two weeks inside. And then it was like, oh, it's yes. a month. And oh, by the summer, like, oh God, we, we were all like, we didn't know what was happening. But yeah, I was just kind of like waiting it out. And so it really wasn't until like 2021 that it was like, okay, yeah, like I got to figure something else out because like I've, you know, redone this spreadsheet of, of the new plan multiple times. And it's like, I need to find the real thing that it's going to be. Because I also don't think that like motivational speaking was a fit, but it was almost like I need this wildly ambitious thing to just kind of like shock my system a little bit and like kind of get me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Well, I think that's amazing. And sometimes, like you said, I feel like things happen for us in a sense. Like you were like, if it had been two or three weeks later, it probably wouldn't have happened the way that it did. So I think that's amazing. And also yeah. kudos to you because that's a huge pivot too. 
So, okay, tell me about that pivot. How did you decide? Now we fast forward through 2020 and we're in 2021 and you're like, I am ready to teach us as an online program and offer design services. What did that transition look like? Yeah, so I through the pandemic, had started teaching again at the same university, but I was teaching online this time. And college students during a pandemic, they really struggled to advocate for themselves. And like that was something that was really hard for me was like, you know, not being able to easily get in touch with them, you know, versus in-person teaching, like they at least come maybe once a week. And so you can kind of pull them aside and be like, hey, you know, you didn't turn in that project or whatever. And so it was really frustrating to see like all these students struggling and like not getting a lot of support. Like I'm sure that many of your listeners have quit jobs in education as so many people have because of just how hard it's been through the pandemic. And so a lot of like looking at, you know, resources online. I took a course about live launching because I didn't question myself in the ability to create a course. I questioned my ability to be able to market it, which spoiler alert is the most difficult thing. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And so, yeah, you know, took a course about launching a course. And I also joined a peer led mastermind group, which has been insanely transformative for me. It's five of us. We're all online entrepreneurs from Louisiana. And we meet once a month. We're on Voxer pretty much daily. And we go on a retreat every year to the beach. And that has been something that has really helped me through this whole process. Because... And that's like advice that I tell everyone is like, you've got to find other people that are in the same place as you that you can talk to. Like, it's great if you have a connection with a person that's five steps ahead of you, but like you're not going to get the constant support and you're not going to be able to support them. So like you've got to find those peers that are in the same place as you that you can rely on and you can be like, hey, should I use Honeybrook or Dubsado? Have you ever taken a course about launching a course? You know, all that good stuff. Yeah, I could not agree more in that sense. And I feel like it's kind of hard to find those people. Do Mm -hmm. you mind sharing like how you formed your peer-led mastermind? I think that's really unique. And a lot of times when we hear mastermind, we think of really high ticket offerings. You know, some of these masterminds are like 10, 20, $30,000. And as an entrepreneur just starting out, I mean, most of the time you don't have 10, 20, $30,000 like laying around to invest. Yeah. So ours is free because we all kind of like found each other, which, you know, is a huge blessing for us. And I hate to say this because this is not helpful, but it really happened organically. So the gal who kind of put it all together, I had actually met her in person in October, 2019 at a networking event. And we were both kind of in the same place where I like knew I was about to quit my job, but like it wasn't public yet. And she had just quit her job and she was going out and doing keynote speaking. She's a time management coach. And so she and I had kept in touch during the pandemic. And she had, you know, several other women that she'd met that were kind of approaching her to be like, hey, like I need an accountability buddy. Would you need that? And so she kind of got the idea to put the five of us together. So it really did happen organically. But I mean, honestly, like I've made a lot of genuine connections with people from like speaking on podcasts or, you know, just talking to them on Instagram. Like it doesn't hurt to just 
ask. And it can be something that you just like put together yourself and just see how it goes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Okay. So you're in this peer-led mastermind and within that, you were like, I took the course to launch a course and then you (laughs) launched the course. So tell us a little bit about your course. And then also I want to dive into your services too, because what you offer is really unique and I want our audience to know about it. Yeah. So my course is called Create with Confidence. It is the ultimate design course for non-designers. And so really what I do in that is take design from this indescribable art and break it down into an easy to follow set of rules. Because there's really a big difference between I need to create an Instagram graphic and I need to create an editorial spread that's going into Vogue magazine. The majority of people, or let's say almost all of the people that are taking my course don't want to design an editorial spread in Vogue magazine. So like they don't need to know every single setting in Adobe Illustrator or Adobe InDesign. They just need to know how can I make a social graphic on brand, compelling, and get someone to actually take action. And so that's really what I teach in my course. That's amazing. And I love that too, because it feels a lot more accessible. I think a lot of times, and I know maybe I had this preconceived notion with design, it's like either you have the gift or you don't. Mm -hmm. And I think most of us feel like, oh, we just don't have that gift and we couldn't possibly learn it. And what I love about you is you teach, yeah, anybody can learn design. And like you said, like you don't have to know every single function of how the whatever platform it is that you're using works. It's really more about the design itself and creating a design that converts. So can you walk us through like your method for that? Because I know that's something you talk about a lot is creating a design with intention that actually like relates to the goal that you have in mind. Yeah. So one of the big things that people don't realize is that before someone reads a single word of your graphic, your website, your flyer, whatever it is, they are assuming things about you and your brand based on the fonts, the colors, and the shapes. And so whenever I do like a live workshop, I always do this exercise and it's very fun. And I take brand colors from like popular brands. Like sometimes I'll do like social media platforms, something like that, but I don't tell people that's what it is. And so I'll just put these colors up on the screen and I'll say, you know, tell me how would you describe this brand based on the colors that you see? And so we'll do like the Facebook colors and people will say, boring, very standard, very run-of-the-mill, like just okay, very plain. I'll do the Instagram colors and people will say like, fun, exciting, creative, you know, and then TikTok. And then I'll reveal the logos and they're like, whoa, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. And so you know, that's really a big part of it is choosing fonts, colors, and shapes with intention because they all communicate something. And you want to make sure that you're communicating the right thing based on who you're trying to attract. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think about my own user habits. A lot of times if I go to Instagram and I'm searching for a solution, a lot of times I'll check out like, I don't know, three or four people's Instagrams. And I just kind of look at the overall feed and I'm like, does this feel like my vibe? And it's a very quick yes or no. And then I move on. So Mm -hmm. I would imagine that other people do that same thing. And so what advice can you give for somebody that's really looking to create that cohesive brand and communicate 
whatever it is that they're trying to communicate, whether they're a personal brand or they're working for somebody or a company. Yeah. An exercise that I do with every client and I also teach in my course is, you know, when we start working together, I have you tell me what are five words you would want your ideal person to use to describe your brand. And those five words are, you know, always like very different. Like maybe it's soft or maybe it's, I want to be seen as a little bit more rigid. Maybe it's fun. Maybe it's more serious. And so based on those five words, we then can make decisions about what fonts we want to use, what colors we want to use. Because, you know, when you think about the font Helvetica, which is, you know, very plain Jane, or you think about Comic Sans, everyone's favorite font to make fun of, those fonts have personality. And so we want to make sure that based on what we're trying to communicate with our brand, that we're choosing those fonts, colors, and shapes that matter. Even thinking about like a straight line versus like a squiggly line versus a line that kind of has like some texture and kind of like a brushstroke to it. Yeah. I love this so much because like you said, it's really communicating the message, but also it gives you really good guidelines to stay within. Cause like if you decide all of that up front, then it's really easy to stick to that. But one thing I see frequently, and I think this is like come about with the emergence of Canva, because if you've ever logged into Canva, there's literally thousands and Mm -hmm. thousands of templates. And a lot of times I'll see somebody invest in a rebrand or they have a brand guide and it's like 25 pages and it's beautifully (sighs) laid out and it tells them exactly what they're supposed to do. But then they pop into Canva and they're like, oh, this template's kind of cute. I like this vibe. They slap their colors on it and they post it. And it's not actually aligned with their brand. Have you seen this before too? And like, what advice can you give if let's say I'm a virtual assistant and I'm working for somebody else's brand, how can I avoid that? Yeah. So I recently did a reel that was why you can't just change the colors of a Canva template and think that it's on brand. And if anyone has gone on this emotional roller coaster with reels, I was very excited that it was like my most viewed reel in a very, very long time. Yeah, like it really resonated with people because it definitely showed that it's more than just the colors. It's fonts. It's, you know, there's a difference between using center alignment and left alignment versus right alignment, which would very rarely be used. That is a big mistake that I see people using. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I think Canva is a really, really important and powerful tool. I think that it is made design extremely accessible for people. I mean, prior to Canva, there was the Adobe Creative Suite and Microsoft Word. And those two things are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Like I taught the Adobe Creative Suite. I use Adobe Creative Suite. It is way too powerful for the average person trying to put a flyer together. And then there's Word that if you've ever tried to put a picture in a Word document, you immediately want to throw your laptop out the window. So Canva is super important, but you can't just go to Canva every time you want to create a new thing, pick a new template, and then change the colors. You really have to know what is it that I'm trying to communicate? What are all of those decisions I've made in advance of, am I going to use left or center alignment? Am I going to use straight lines or squiggly lines, circles or squares? You know, what types of fonts? And when you have all of that laid out in advance, then it makes it so much easier to create things in the future. Yeah, absolutely. 
And speaking from experience, I feel like branding is so powerful, right? Yes. It communicates so much. Like you're talking about the colors with the logos, like that's how we identify things. And I even think of like really timeless things like McDonald's. Like when I think McDonald's, I always think red and then like the golden arches. And that Mm -hmm. is like really strong branding. So I think it's important to take those things into consideration. Okay. Now I know you've been around the block, so you've probably seen a lot of people make a lot of mistakes. What are like the biggest design mistakes you see happening frequently across social media or just maybe the internet in general? And as a virtual assistant, how could we try to avoid these? So one of the mistakes would be lack of consistency. And so that's kind of twofold. Lack of consistency across channels as well as within a single design. So let's think of like an Instagram carousel, for example. Let's say that you're going to be telling someone five steps to get someone to download your lead magnet, whatever your carousel is. Every time you have, you know, step one, step two, step three, and then whatever the text is underneath it that actually is the heading that says what the step is, and then the description underneath, all of those fonts on every single carousel the size, the color, the placement, they all need to be exactly the same. And the only thing that's changing is the words because you want that consistency so that someone can easily scroll through and they don't have to read the words to know what they're looking at. They can visually distinguish you know, the number of the step, what the step is, and the description below without actually having to read it. And so people oftentimes think that in order to be creative, they need to mix it up. But the reality is that staying consistent is what allows someone to easily scan something and be much more likely to actually read it. So like the same goes for, let's say you're putting together a one-sheeter about yourself. Every heading, education, experience, client testimonials, like whatever it is, like those all need to be exactly the same so that I can visually scan that. And those headings need to be super different from the actual bullet points underneath them so that they stand out. So that's kind of like consistency within a single design. And then consistency across channels is that your Instagram looks like your website, looks like the slide decks that you use in your course, looks like your lead magnets, like All of that is really what kind of takes your brand to the next level and allows you to charge a premium for what you do, have people take you seriously. It's all really important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know exactly what you're talking about with the carousels because I think that's like a pet peeve of mine. It's like when the text moves ever so slightly, I'm like, ah! (laughs) But I agree. I feel like it's interesting because... I can think of some brands that do this really, really well. And then when I think about other brands that maybe have some opportunity, typically in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you probably feel this way too. A lot of times I think, oh, you know what? Like they're DIYing it. They're just starting out. They don't have a lot of experience. And that may not actually be the case about the product or service that they're offering. But because their branding says that, I like automatically put that assumption onto them. Have you seen that happen as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, when your brand looks a little hodgepodge, people also assume that about the service you provide, about your business. 
if you want to charge a premium rate, you need a premium presence, just like you need a premium client experience and a premium discovery call. You know, like it all goes hand in hand. Basically, we don't want the person to question. Like we want everything to just be so elevated that they never once think, "Mm, is this person worth this amount of money? Yeah. Oh, that's seriously so powerful. And I love that it's all infused together. Do you have any advice? Let's say somebody has a very clear brand identity. What are some easy ways that they can infuse that throughout everything in their business? So it's not just putting the logo on something like a virtual assistant or something like that. Your name is more important than your logo. Like a logo, unless your name is like clearly legible within it, which sometimes it's not always, like your name is more important than the logo itself. So it's really consistent use of fonts, consistent use of colors, shapes, placement, layout, you know, all the things that I've kind of talked about. I feel like a broken record. I say this all the time. It really all matters and it paints a picture of who you are. And that consistency is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. One thing I want to dive into, it's, I feel like kind of a hot topic lately. It's been around for a minute, but all of a sudden I feel like everybody's talking about it. And that is AI technology. And it's actually kind of interesting. I was at a conference last week and I was chatting with one of the leaders of Microsoft and they're on a special projects team to create AI technology specific to graphics and then also integrating copy into it. So I'm kind of curious from like your unique perspective, have you used any sort of software like this before? Where do you see this going in terms of design? And literally this is just like, your personal opinion. Yeah. So I've not used AI. I could see it being really powerful if like when you were creating something in Canva, it gave you like a little tip on the screen that was like, why don't you make this headline look like this headline? Or hey, this needs a little bit more space around it or you know, something like that. Like that would be pretty amazing. But I guess my opinion on it is like, I do think that it could maybe eliminate some repetitive designs or easier, like quick turnout designs. But I think it's just like anything. You could get your coffee at a gas station or you could get your coffee at, you know, a local coffee shop and it's handmade by a barista and you watch them grind the beans and, you know, do all the things. Like I think that there will still be a need for professional designers, but I could see maybe people with less of a budget, people who are more in like the DIY phase turning to some of these solutions and I could see them being really powerful. Yeah, for sure. And I think about too, maybe things that don't have to do with the business. I could see a lot of people using this, like if they're trying to make their kid's birthday party invitation, you know, like yeah. things like that, where I'm like, maybe it's like a little less pressure and they just need like something that's pretty. Right. Maybe something along those lines. Okay. So tell me before we wrap up, what are your top three design tips that you can give our audience? So the first one is whenever you have a graphic, a flyer, something where you want someone to actually read the thing, you want them to actually read the flyer, you want them to actually read, you know, your caption associated with the graphic or scroll through 
the graphic to all the carousels. You want to lead with an attention-grabbing headline that's about them. So what I mean by that is a headline that is, let's say, three to six words. It is the biggest, boldest, darkest item. So it's seen more clearly than anything else. And it is about your ideal person. If your ideal person asked, why should I care about this thing? Whatever your response is, that needs to be your headline. So if you have a new podcast episode, don't lead with new episode because pretty much you're going to have a graphic that says that every week, every other week, whenever you have a new episode. But instead, lead with something like how design can multiply your revenue or why to stop using Comic Sans, you know, something that's going to grab their attention and then intrigue them. They need to actually care about what it says. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I love the example of the podcast episode because I see that a lot. The like new episode is massive. And then people kind of like, they're like, okay, I don't want to listen to that right now. And then they like tap on through. So I think that's amazing. So one of the fun things that we do on our podcast is we end with just some rapid fire questions. You can just shout out whatever's on the top of your head. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So the first one is, what are you currently craving? Always sushi. Yes, same. Uh, What is inspiring you right now? I love taking pictures of commercials with my phone, like any graphics within them. So And then I always go back and use that for design inspiration later. Oh, I like that. It's like a a digital design board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. What is the best book you've read or even like listened to lately? So the last book I read was in 2019, which is pretty embarrassing. It was Fleischman is in Trouble, which was recently made into a Hulu TV series and is also really good. Oh, okay. I don't even think I have seen that, but I will check it out. Okay. Who is your favorite person to follow right now? I love Virginia Kerr. She talks all about video. I think she's just real. She's authentic, funny. I'm a big fan. Okay. Amazing. I'll have to go check her out. Lauren, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Where can everybody find you? Yeah. So my Instagram is filter.unfiltered. I share lots of tips, tricks, advice about design. So give me a follow, send me a DM and tell me that you heard me on this podcast. My course, Create With Confidence, goes on flash sale pretty regularly. So make sure that you follow me so you don't miss out on that. And then if you're working with a client who is in need of a brand refresh or a custom website, I do referral commission up to $200 as a thank you. So Make sure that whenever you refer them, that they put that you're the one that they heard about it from and I'll send you up to $200. That's amazing. Okay, we'll put the link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fabulous. You just finished another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. And because I know you're a mover and shaker, here's your action item. Snap a screenshot of this episode, share it over on Instagram, and tag me at Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, I'll pick one person and send you a Starbucks gift card on me as my way of saying, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the regular and being a part of this incredible movement. See you next week.